Barum is relationships. Barum is you and me and everyone in America. What are you talking about? The room is different cookie cutter mm-hmm. from Hollywood. Yeah, man, you never know. People are very strange these days. What's going on? Welcome to the Room Minute, the podcast where we get obsessed with the cinematic classic, The Room, one minute at a time. Yeah, you have no idea what kind of trouble you're in here, do you? Why are you so hysterical? We always wanted people actually talk about it. I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Allison. Oh, hi, Rob. Oh, hi, listeners. We're here to talk about Minute 28, in which it feels like there's been more sex than plot so far. (laughs) Also, Lisa organizing a birthday party for Johnny. Yeah, there's definitely been more sex than plot so far. <laughs> just realized that. I've seen. I don't know. The, the plot of this movie only has like three steps, and one of those happens, so. I just realized I don't actually know any of the characters' names in this movie except Johnny. Oh, hi, Tyler. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> Especially when we lose one of the characters partway through the movie, and at the end we're introduced to a brand new one who, out of nowhere. Yeah, there's that dude. And in, in a couple of minutes, we're going to be introduced to new ones. I also who, remember Denny. Don't do their names. So far, we've only seen Denny once in this movie, I think, but we're going to see him again in a few minutes. My favorite. This scene, this minute, of course, starts with the end of sex scene three. <laughs> Speaking of sex, though, I only just noticed this today in the original script. After sex scene two, it contains this line. After they finish doing sex, Mark stands up and puts his clothes on in a hurry. Toby called it doing sex, which amused me. <laughs> <laughs> That's how the humans refer to it. <laughs> <laughs> now, Tyler, you're just getting the tail end of a sex scene, so... Well, the tail end, I get it. <laughs> I won't give you the, the obvious awkward question, which is, quote from the film, you know, how's your sex life? <laughs> What's your favorite sex scene in a film? Oh, my favorite sex scene. Uh, I'm, I'm sitting here at my desk and I have do the right thing in front of me, so I'm gonna go, uh, thank God for the legs. Thank God <laughs> for the nipples. That, that's wow, pretty good. I haven't, I don't think I've seen that movie since it came out. Weird. Um, yeah, uh, wow, dang, what's her name? In Do the Right Thing? Rosie Perez? Yeah. Rosie Perez. That's, that's some, she's good. Now the, the ADR here sounds like Wiseau definitely did it himself. <laughs> um, his voice sounds like his voice. It is weird that you can hear like, he clearly just recorded a track of him making sex noises and they're yeah. just so, they're so awful. Yeah. Well, this this sex scene, technically, this sex scene was not filmed. They made this sex scene out of pieces of the first sex scene. Frankenstein? <laughs> they edited it into two different scenes. And so this one is shorter and simpler, because it doesn't have them playing with the rose petals as much. But, <laughs> yeah, it's just needs a new sound. And then in my notes, uh, you know, a few seconds in, I wrote, and we're clear. <laughs> sex scene's done. I can move on. Uh, yeah. In terms of editing, though, oof, oof, oof. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know how you're supposed to end a sex scene. I think you're supposed to gradually pan out a window. Yeah. Or to a fireplace. Right. Yeah. Classic. Or, or like, uh, what, what do they do in like Austin Powers where they like cut away to like a train going through a tunnel? Mm-hmm. Yep. They're not going to go for the joke end here. Yeah. But this is. Because this is a different take, him laying down on the bed and with the weird curtains on the bed, 
it's just it just kind of ends. I can't even tell what body part that is that's sticking up. Or is that a blanket? <laughs> <laughs> eight seconds in. I I averted my eyes, so. Wise. Let's see. Eight seconds in. <laughs> yeah. Always avert your eyes. Back is so wrinkly. It's so weird. Tommy was so, is it, this is a weird, weird conversation in a way, but he's fit, but he also has like a weird consistency to the exterior of him. Explain. He's damp. Mm-hmm. He almost feels like someone who used to be fat mm-hmm. and then lost a lot of weight and worked out. So there's some like extra flesh on the muscle that shouldn't be there. And so it's defined, but it's defined weirdly. Yeah. For sure. I've seen way more of Tommy Wiseau than I ever needed to. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> if you'd been on set, you would have seen more. <laughs> Do we have estimates on how old he is? What are your guys' personal guesses? Well, I think we know now when he was actually born. But at the time this was made, he claimed to be like 40 when he was uh, much older. Uh, where's his birth date? See, I'm seeing if they have his real birthday on IMDb. Oh, they do now. Uh, 1955. Okay. Which means he's almost 50 when he films this. He's, what, 64 now? Yeah. And he still looks basically the same as he looks here. Maybe a little more. Ragged. He's just gotten more wrinkly. Yeah. I mean, his he spends all of his awake time at night now on energy drinks. So <laughs> that's got to do something to you. Great. What a legend. <laughs> we get an establishing shot outside of the Painted Ladies in San Francisco. That's what these houses are called. I don't remember. Whatever happened to predictability. predictability. <laughs> <laughs> I just got that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm trying to remember if we talked about these houses in minute two or not, or if that was when the sound cut out. Minute two was one of our cursed minutes, Tyler, and (laughs) one of the notes. I had like a three-paragraph note on the history of these houses in case we wanted to get nitpicky and detailed with architecture and stuff. I don't know if it ever came up. They clearly don't live in these houses because... No, no. What house is the Tanners? (laughs) I don't remember the color of their house do they show it do they ever show them like on their porch no well no because the weird thing about full house is they like have a garage but this is this the same thing with sitcoms where like the interior and the exterior of the house never never shall the twain meet like it's impossible to figure out well it's like the apartment in this movie too oh no don't get me started the apartment i'm pretty sure has a shape a hexagon but an irregular one in this very nice rectangular building, it, it makes no sense. So, so this is the thing, and I might this, like I, I don't even understand. Like the room is the title of this movie. Mm-hmm. When I first watched the movie, I didn't even understand which room was the room. It's well in the apartment. Originally, the bed was supposed to be downstairs because I don't think Tommy understood that a nice apartment wouldn't be set up that way. I was going to say most people just don't have sex in the middle of the living room, but in a later minute we're going to discover they do, so. Now, if you imagine this, their apartment is more like, um, I'm thinking of like the apartment in the movie version of Rent, where it's like big, like New York loft, it's all (laughs) one big room. Then it makes sense as a title, but it's supposed to be, this was originally going to be a play, and so it all takes place in the same room. The room where it happens, the room where it happens. We don't see anything outside of it. If we didn't go outside, we wouldn't get that wonderful rooftop scene. 
Well, right. I don't, I don't know how that was going to happen in the original. <laughs> Which is weirdly <laughs> shot inside, so maybe it wouldn't have made a difference. Oh no, the, the rooftop's not shot inside, it's shot in a parking lot with green screens set around it. Okay. Same, <laughs> same difference. <laughs> Even though they had access to an actual rooftop in San Francisco, as it <laughs> turned out. Because Tom, you owned a building. Because <laughs> that's how this movie works, you know. We cut to inside the apartment. Lisa is talking to Claudette. And I, I, these seats by the stairs confuse me. Right. Because she's clearly sitting on a raised platform, but the seat next to her looks like a chair. Yeah. It looks like someone cut the back legs off of chairs and shoved them onto this platform <laughs> and then stuck a pillow on one of them. It's a modern apartment. There's alternative seating. I, you know. <laughs> This is, all, this is also the end of the apartment where chairs change from scene to scene. <laughs> when Peter is sitting over here and he's he's in a different chair than we have seen the rest of the film. This is where Mark was sitting a, a few minutes ago in a different chair. I think he was in the chair that Claudette's in, but it was turned the other direction. So it this end of the room just gets adjusted for whatever scene they're shooting. Musical chairs is their favorite game. <laughs> they just, they play it a lot. That's what that door in the other corner is. It's not the kitchen. It's just a, a storage room for chairs. Yes, yeah, this chair storage room. Chairs and alcohol. That's it. <laughs> but Tommy does not drink. No, but mm. I'm pretty sure Lisa drinks a lot. <laughs> Lisa pressured him. In the script, she and Claudette here are drinking tea, but we don't see it. We It could be something else. It could be spiked. Now, sound note, I would say clearly the dialogue in this scene was not ADR because we get a very audible street sounds from Highland in, in Hollywood throughout the entire scene. And there's this weird shot where the camera's like moving. So at first you only see Lisa and then it yeah. like pans to see Claudette. Yeah. And then we get when Claudette changes the topic, we get abrupt change of angle. Then the editing gets really good for the rest of the minute. But yeah, it's got an awkward jump. I think. In this whole scene, and it might, and it might have been a later minute, there was one edit that I was like a little thrown off by. But in general, I, I, I agree that the editing and the, the cross and back and forth of the conversation isn't bad. And we even get the, uh, as you said, that camera movement to include everyone in the shot. That's mm-hmm. a little, uh, Gus Van Sant influence, if I may say so. Which probably was hard to do because they're moving a rig that has two cameras on it to do these shots. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I forgot about that. After the change of angle, where we see Claudette, there's one cut at the end when she says, like, now the value of the house is going up, where if you look, we're looking at her from behind, her mouth no longer matches the words. But you can't really see it as you're watching the whole movie because it's a nice cut. It's the shot we expect is the react, like, over her shoulder looking at Lisa. And overall, the scene works really well as far as editing goes. Yeah, the the actress playing Claudette, I, I mean, she she does pretty good. I don't know if this is the consensus, but like, oh, yeah. considering the dialogue that she's saying where she has to go through yeah. these emotional movements from line to line, mm-hmm. she actually navigates it fairly well, considering there should be some more back and forth, but she kind of just has a monologue. Yeah, she's good. I have, I have more notes on her next minute because it's like her best minute. My favorite minute. Yeah, she, <laughs> she is, she is doing everything she needs to. You actually got a good week, uh, Tyler, because we're getting Carolyn Minot as Claudette. And then Robin Paris is Michelle, who both are a little bit too good for this movie. And so they're, they're giving it their all, even though the movie doesn't deserve it. <laughs> now, as for the content of the conversation, we haven't talked about that. Like, Lisa is planning a birthday party for Johnny 
She's inviting her mother. So I'm organizing a party for Johnny's birthday. Can you come? You can bring someone else if she wants. You can bring someone if you want. Yeah, she can bring someone else. And then Claudette gets distracted by the idea of other people on the planet and to talk about Harold. Other people. Well, she <laughs> says she can bring anybody. And suddenly she thinks of her brother, which is odd. I don't think she meant bring your brother. Well, sure, I can come. But I don't know if I'll bring anybody. Oh, that jerk Harold. He wants me to give him a share of my house. That house belongs to me. He has no right. I am not giving him a penny. Who does he think he is? He's your brother. He is always bugging me about my house. Fifteen years ago, we agreed that house belongs to me. Now the value of the house is going up and he's seeing dollar signs. Isn't that what B-I-Y-O-B stands for? Bring your own brother? <laughs> Bring your own brother? <laughs> <laughs> do most people when they're talking, and maybe you do this when you're talking to like your your daughter, but most people don't refer to their siblings by their first name and like... Well, maybe she, she might have a lot of brothers. We don't know. <laughs> but yeah. I feel like if I was talking to my daughter, I'd be like, oh yeah, Uncle Harold. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Or maybe she doesn't, she never, Lisa has disowned him, so she doesn't call him <laughs> uncle. So Lisa has to think about it. Oh, he's your brother. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Maybe Lisa at one point was a fan of him and then decided <laughs> that she didn't like him anymore. I don't love him anymore. Well, same for Claudette. <laughs> she doesn't like him. <laughs> yep. Because he wants a share of their house, which 15 years ago they agreed the house belonged to her, but now the house is worth more, so he wants part of it. Uh, so I guess 15 years ago their parents died or something and Claudette got the house and Harold got, uh, nothing? Maybe? What was the real estate market like in 2003, 4? I don't remember. <laughs> uh, actually it hadn't gotten bad yet. It was 2007 where things fell apart. So yeah, that, this is actually accurate. The value may have been going up in 2004. I mean, San Francisco is uh, a hub for gentrification. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, we don't know where she lives, but I assume it's somewhere close to them so that she comes over so often. She comes over for uh, five-minute conversations that have to be abruptly ended, too. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, so then, notes from a midnight screening for this minute. Notes from a midnight screening. Tommy's abrupt uh, laying very still at the end of the sex scene get, usually gets someone to scream, she killed him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when we see the painted ladies... People sing everywhere you look, everywhere you go. <laughs> There's a heart. I don't actually know the lyrics to that song because Full House was on Friday night and I wasn't allowed to watch TV on Friday nights. So I didn't see any Full House episodes until it was in weird reruns. <laughs> I've seen like a scattered few. I know what the show's like, but I never really watched it. When they say, uh, so I'm organizing the party for Johnny's birthday, can you come? Uh, someone the last time screamed no. And Claudette asked, when is it? His birthday, Jesus. <laughs> but my favorite one for this minute is when she says, oh, that jerk Harold. The entire audience goes, fuck you, Harold. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I've never been, met a nice person named Harold anyway. <laughs> and no. at the end of her line, she's like, who does he think he is? And someone in the back was like, Harold, I think. <laughs> Like some, sometimes the audience does really stupid things, but this was a good minute for the audience. Like singing lyrics and fuck you, Harold. Tyler, uh, if the listeners want to hear more of you, where can they do so? 
Well, if you want to hear more of me, I too have a Movies by Minute podcast. Fantastic Mr. Fox is the movie we talk about. It is done by my sister and me. We analyze the movie one minute at a time, as I'm sure you could guess. We're almost done. We released one episode a week. We're, we just recorded minute 79, but this will probably come out way later. So um, it might be over by the time you hear it. Find us on any podcatcher. You can find things <laughs> on at Amateur Nerds on Twitter. And uh bop bada yeah. But it's nothing wrong when people make it fun of the project. In this case, the room. The Room Minute is a production of Lemming Drops Studio. You can find more content at lemmingdrops.com. Follow the Room Minute on all the obvious social media. If you've got any stupid comments after the show, you can leave them in your pocket on Facebook. If you like what you hear, throw us a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice. Thank you for listening, and remember, if a lot of people loved each other, the world would be a better place to live. Leave us!